Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week we travel to Albania. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. This is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week we take you through a different country's national final and pick the song that we think deserves a second chance. A second bite of the cherry. Yes, and at the end of the series it's you, the listeners, who vote for your favourites and at our live event we crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. Yay! <laughs> We're back! We're back. Uh, hello, Matt. Hello, Monty. How are you doing? Good. Really good. How's Fine. You? I'm very good, thank you. <laughs> Finally, we get round to what we're actually meant to be here for and not shoving in bonus episodes. Yeah, <laughs> we've had enough of bonus episodes now. We want to get to the meat of the bone. Yes, welcome if you're just joining us, uh, if you're a new or relatively new listener to the podcast. Yes, this is the podcast that looks back at the national selection shows for Eurovision and we cherish the songs that didn't make it. Some of them are better than the songs that did. Some of them might not be, but that's for you to decide because we will pick one per episode and we'll put it into a competition at the end of the year that you, our listeners, can vote mm. on. Yes, you can. Yes. And do we get lots of votes, actually. I have to say, I'm always surprised by the amount of people <laughs> that vote on en masse. Absolutely. Um, for, for, for the jury, which we have like an online vote, but also people in attendance at the live event as well. Yes. Not jury, telly vote. So I'm getting, I'm getting my tellies and my juries and like, <laughs> I'm already confused. We've just started the series. Yeah, yeah we haven't started yet <laughs> Yes, many of you do vote for what is essentially a very niche pursuit <laughs> as is listening to this podcast but we are glad that you are listening to us prattle on about some songs that nobody else is ever going to listen to again so we are kicking off with who are we kicking off with oh you've already said it albania. you've given it away to start the show matt albania yes we are in tirana indeed we are we are well def- when we're not in tirana we're actually at Monty's work yeah, recording we're in, we're in King's Cross in a dusty room. <laughs> However, to us, it's Tirana. Can we Tirana? We do have the same amount of alcohol that we always do have, though. So let's chin chin. That you can't. That's a can. <laughs> <laughs> Smashing. So shall we kick off? Let's. So we are heading to Albania. Albania debuted in Eurovision in 2004 and they have participated every year since. Their debut entry was The Image of You by Anjeja Shahini, which came seventh. I love that. Did you? Uh, I can't remember it now. Oh, bloody Wait, hell. what year was this? 2004, just said. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, don't, uh, uh, let me just say, yeah, I love it. Let's <laughs> <laughs> keep all of that in there. Okay. It was an impressive debut, nonetheless, even if some of us can't remember it. <laughs> Their highest placing was in 2012 with Seuss by Ronan Nishu. <gasps> yeah. We've had this conversation before, haven't we, on the podcast, actually, last year or year before, where not my favourite. Oh, I, I, I find it. it weird and, yeah, but but people love it. People love this song. Me being people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It came fifth, their best ever result. Mm. Ten of their entries have qualified and seven have not qualified. We are going to look back at the Festivali e Kingis 59. So their selection show is 
way older than their participation in Eurovision. They've been going for since, well, 59 times, (laughs) (laughs) whenever that started. I can't count back. It was held over three nights in December, the 21st, 22nd and 23rd of December. And those three shows were hosted by Albanian actress Junida Vokshi and the host Blendi Salaj. Now, normally the Festival Kingis would be held in the Palati i Congresseve, the Palace of Congress, in Tirana, with a symphonic orchestra, but covid paid to that. Ooh. They had to drop the live orchestra. They had to perform to pre-recorded backing tracks, as they would at Eurovision, actually. And the venue was open air. Wow. December. Open air in Toronto. It was freezing. Do you know what the average temperature is in <laughs> December in Toronto? No, what? It's about five to six degrees. So actually a little bit warmer than I thought. But five to six degrees. And they bunged them outside on a night. Yeah, and you could see their breath. You literally could. see their breath as they were singing. <laughs> Poor buggers. <laughs> <laughs> That's commitment to your art, though. I, I respect it. Absolutely. Um, actually, dropping the orchestra, it was a bit of a shame because there's something of the orchestra in Albania, a little bit like in San Remo. It's quite nice to watch an old-fashioned show that has those values and that musicality. But I guess this year it did give us a bit of a more accurate picture of what something might look like at Eurovision. Yes, because it... It was first out the gate. It's the first national final of the season. So we did get these pre-recorded performances and everyone's eyes were thinking, oh, this is... Eyes were thinking? Eyes don't think. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Everyone was... Everybody's eyes are on the festival thinking, this is what Eurovision is going to be like. So it was a bit of a blueprint for us. Yes. But I was meaning more that the songs were presented more in the style that we might see at Eurovision without having to go through that process whereby they're, you know, the orchestra is removed and, um, you know, the songs tidied up or cut down to three minutes. What oh, we got were the, yeah. You know, the studio. There versions. was no revamp as such necessarily needed yes. this year, although yeah. they always revamp. They always revamp a little bit, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so 26 songs were shortlisted for the Festival de Ikingis. Uh That shortlist was published in October. So, you know, this really is stretching the season as almost as long as it can go. 25 of them went to the TV shows. Unfortunately, one artist, Manuela Nalbani, was forced to withdraw after testing positive for coronavirus, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but we had two semi-finals, and these were pre-recorded. The semi-final performances were pre-recorded, so you know maybe they, maybe they pre-recorded them when it wasn't quite so cold <laughs> <laughs> for the you know hopefully for the artists. Semi one was the studio versions of the songs. Semi two, some of them played acoustic versions of the songs, and then eighteen of those twenty-five advanced to the final, which was live. The winner was voted by a seven-member jury. We only know the top three. Well, we know the qualifiers, so we know what you know came nineteenth downwards, but not in a ranking order. Only the top three were announced in positions. So the winner, as we know, was Angela Peristeri with Karma, and she went on to qualify for the grand final at Eurovision in 10th place from her semi-final, and she performed second in the final, the second consecutive contest in a row where Albania has been handed the second slot in the final. Mm, But then if you tend to send the same kind of song all the time, 
and there's a bit a bit of a kind of maybe a formula to how you do a running order as a producer at Eurovision maybe speculation Are you saying then that Albania sent Balkan valid variation 42795 yes that is exactly it not every year there have been some great great other <laughs> renditions of genres but yeah no because they do tend to send the same thing or have done a lot in the past uh, I just think that when you have a a, a producer-led running order, these things can maybe just repeat by accident, but not by accident, but by accident. I think she was thrown under the bus a little bit because I think this was an amazing performance at Eurovision. And I think she deserved much higher than her 21st place, which yeah. she ended up in on the Saturday night with 57 points. Still 57 more than the United Kingdom. <laughs> Okay, so that was the song that did make it to Eurovision. But as you know, we're interested in the songs that didn't. So let's get into it now. Song number one is Marud with his song Nejed Vedez, If I Die, which is a lovely cheery way to start this, this series. And this is it. Monty, Marud, thoughts please. Spoiler, he doesn't die. No, he's alive and he well, thank God. Alive. Now, Marud is a, a picture in this. He is bedecked in gold brocade and black velveteen sort of pantaloons. Yeah. Um, they're bare-chested with a tattoo. Um, it's quite the look. I mean, I thought, thought this was fantastic. He... The beat is all there. The beat and the sound that makes this sort of gives it this kind of Eastern Mediterranean, Middle Eastern feel. And I absolutely love that. I love the way that that kind of drives the song mm -hmm. forward. Presentation-wise, he's got five female backing dancers with him. Uh, they're in black. They're a little bit like Effendi's backing dancers were at Eurovision for Azerbaijan. So they've got these bottoms on that are actually exposing a fair bit of buttock but they've got fishnet tights over them so it's kind of the buttock is slightly obscured but there's a hint of more than it promises mm. <laughs> um, it breaks into the dance part and I think this is um, where this is a little bit difficult to watch because it, it, it seems as though Marud is concentrating more on getting the moves and it just it's a bit stilted on stage, unfortunately, which is a real shame because I actually really like the whole feel of the song. Mm. Yeah, I think it affected the vocals as well a little bit. I think I misremembered this. I thought when I look back on this, I thought 
it was a lot better than than it actually was. Um, I think because I've listened to the the track on in my earphones for <laughs> weeks and weeks leading up, so I kind of feel like the track itself is great, but the way it's performed wasn't didn't really do it justice. Um, I do like the fact that he is quite queer looking. He is uh, a gay. He's out and gay, and I find that quite important for an, uh, such a huge show in Albania to have somebody representing in the final. I quite like that. Visibly queer, we like to say on the show. But he did look terrified. He did look a bit scared. And actually, it, he also looked as though he was sweating a lot, um, considering that it was about minus six degrees. Mm. When I actually look back, he's wearing some kind of golden shimmer on his face. It's like a makeup effect. But it does have the unfortunate effect of making it look as though he's really sweating during the middle of the performance. And I think that's making him look a little bit um, more uncomfortable as well. It, it, lyrically, it's quite dark and powerful and dramatic. It's about, um, it's about your soul dying little by little while you're waiting for somebody to repent uh, for something they've done towards you. So it's got that feeling of kind of being wronged in a relationship. And he's um, he's he says he's giving his life for the other person, but he's asking how many times that that person's hurt them, hurt him, and um, yeah, it's quite angst driven. And I'm just kind of like, you know, mate, you might just need to move on a bit. Mm. But also, <clears throat> I don't think this stood much of a chance. You know, performance aside, the the jurors are how can I say this, old white men, and I just don't know whether. In the final, it was ever going to get the votes regardless of what he did. Not, I'm not, you know, I just feel like it. it's just not to the taste mm. of, you know, white men. It's difficult but, when it is a, just a small number of people on the jury. There was no public involvement yeah, in this. This was, and this was for the final, though. There was a more diverse jury that selected songs and in, in the earlier stages, but, but this was a bit weird. These were like the big, big wigs with the money and the... And well, yeah, right. white hair old men. Yeah. So I felt for him, but you know, good for him. He got his music out there on national stage and um, yeah, represented. Yeah, and got a bit of a platform on social media as well. So, you know, he, I follow him. He follows me. Hi, Maroud, if you're. Listening. Hey, girl, hey. Uh, I mean, you know, we do like the song. It just, it was a shame. A little few of the performance elements let it down. Yeah. Moving on, the next song is. Jar Im by Era Rusi. What do you think of this? Well, I really wanted her, first of all, just to utilise the, um, in the promo pic that she said, she had like this melted wax on her shoulder. It was like a lit candle and it looked amazing. And I thought they were going to bring that into the performance, um, but they didn't. It's like a, yeah, shoulder adornment. But um, the more I listened to this song, the more it grew on me. And we know Ira Rusi, she, we featured her before, um, on Second Cherry, she is, she kind of always brings the big bouncy Balkan numbers. From the moment she begins, you can tell that she is in it 
to win it. She has, she's given you lots of face, lots of sort of um, emotions on the face. You know, she's using a full body. She's dancing. She's stomping. She's she's got it all. Um, I think you can compare this to Marud's performance, and you there you see the the difference in level of performance and confidence. She's really knows what she's doing. I really like like the tribal chanty bits, which is something you get quite a lot in uh, Albanian music. We talk mm. about that a lot. But the yeah, this stompy Eastern European banger sang by a fierce lady. I'm into it. Me too. I love this. It's got that kind of, you know, it's a bold song. It's a big performance. Um, it translates as my fire and there's lots of fire going on on stage. I, mean, I would have loved to have seen this on the Eurovision stage because it would have been they would have pyroed the hell out of it. It would have been amazing. She comes on and she's wearing this very figure-hugging golden bodice and with fringing and thigh-high golden boots. And she means business. She parades to the front of the stage and then her dancers burst out from behind these giant drums. She's got four women, two men. There's a flash of bare torso. <laughs> it's a very Eurovision dance routine. Um, and it just fits it. It's wonderful. There's, um, I had a look at the lyrics. And I, I, it's really interesting. There's a bit where she's singing about her heart being her dowry. And um, kind of, is this sort of, you know, big elaborate ruse for, you know, pick me for marriage. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a play on words in the, in the lyrics as well. So the, um, the, the word um, era, which happens to be her name as well, is also the Italian for wind. Um, but it also means the smell, the odour, the scent or the flavour or the fragrance. Uh, and so she's saying in there, I am error. So I'm the, I'm error my person, but error the wind and the no. smell as well. I come with the storm. I'm the one who raises the memory. I'm error. I'm the wind. I'm your wind. <laughs> well, you've got to be careful with that wind and all that pyro. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be Monty's wind era because he's a vegetarian and let me tell you <laughs> it's not pretty <laughs> when I was looking up the lyrics as well I found a site that uh, did a translation so the Albanian and the, the English next to it and it had some little asterisks and um, you know was pointing out things like the play on the word it also had an asterisk uh, next to the word fire and the note at the bottom in English says Note, fire is English for fuego. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, it amused me, no <laughs> So, Era Rusi there, my fire, Jari Im. Next song we are going to listen to is called Pendeze, which means penance, which is by Inis Niziri. <laughs> to the bread Well, this was the favourite, I think, if I remember rightly, going into the final. Certainly one of the favourites. Uh, I'm surprised it didn't win, still, because the performance was magical. It delivered everything that it needed to. Um, she looked gorgeous, though. I have to say, she was dressed sort of all in white, flared trouser, trouser suit, I think it was. It was trousers, and then the top had sort of silver 
sparkly beading on it. Yeah, yeah. So it may have been, they may have been separate, or they may have been a matching suit, mm. I don't know. My... Mystique. <laughs> my knowledge of fashion. <laughs> yeah. So I have to say, although she did look good, there was a lighting effect that on some of the camera angles, you could actually see her pants through oh. her trousers. Well, maybe that was on purpose. No, well, maybe it was. But it I mean, she is trying seem... to play up to the, 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 the old white men. Who... <laughs> <laughs> but it maybe, but it didn't seem to be keeping with the presentation of the song. Mm. It's a, it is a big ballad. It's really beautifully presented. There's a big note in it as well. It's just, you know, wow. She sings this flawlessly. I mean, note for note, perfect. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of build and release tension as well, which I love. I think when you're, when you're, when you're putting a song through a, a competition, making a song competitive, that build and release, I think, is more important, actually, than, than ever, because I mm-hmm. feel like you need to take people on a bit of a journey. Um, the, the, the production had a bit of a modern twist as well. I felt like it it kind of was, was situated in the now, in Albania. Yeah, but also I felt that it needed... Or it would have benefited from the, or- from the orchestra. Yep. You could just see, you know, a bit of live strings or something on this it would have just really enhanced it I think yeah I think so orchestra doesn't necessarily mean dated or like traditional it can be um, as we spoke about on this podcast before orchestra can really add to songs we see that in San Remo in Italy all the time. oh my god the way they added to um, Moniskin yeah. was amazing I mean yeah. you know how what a contrast really between rock and you know classical instruments but it just worked so well together um, I really like this as well. The, the the theme of the song was dark. It's about she's to, she's singing to somebody who is feeling like they're trapped um, inside their own emotions as a penance for something that's that they've done, and she's asking the person, you know, how long are you going to remain entrapped by that? And she's sort of pleading with them not to lose sight of the fact that you know they could find happiness again. And I think that's just a beautiful idea in a song. Mm. Yeah, it she was... could almost be singing to Maru. Yeah, come on, step out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, it was great. She 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 could be very proud of that. That was excellence on stage. Mm. Next up is Enshi Nasufi with Nyesoi, same or equally. <laughs> Well, this was a visual feast, really. Um, if there was a Tirana chapter of the Barbara Dex Award, I think Enchi might be up for it. <laughs> it was quite the costume. She came onto the stage in a black PVC catsuit all over, except for over her right shoulder, there was this burst of hands tooth check. Um, all sort of billowing out in swathes. It was quite the... Look, she was joined by a troupe of dancers in 80s coloured leisure and athletic wear. And um, they start prancing about the stage as if they're doing an aerobics class in the background (laughs) during the chorus. (laughs) That didn't quite work for me, I have to say. I I, I felt like it was a bit incongruous. It was the first song on, actually, in the semi-final. And it was quite, quite a good opener because it got your attention. And that's really why it stood out for me to mention. 
because of the, the visual presentation. I'm not sure that the song is really um, particularly up to, to much, um, but it's something that you do need to have a look at. So yeah, check out and have a look on, um, on YouTube for the presentation. Um, her lyrics are about, she doesn't want any promises. She just wants to get in there, be with you and get on with it. <laughs> very in the moment we like that here <laughs> I, I have to say though if you look at her she does look a bit like she's dressed like a Doctor Who extra or like a computer game <laughs> a computer game character but <laughs> it's just very bizarre it it's is it's noteworthy and we like to bring you the noteworthy at Second Cherry as well as the great yeah but also like, I do quite like the song there is I, you know it had a nice building verse it is out of the box pop production. I yeah. mean, it, it really is very standard, modern, but in a retro way. Um, it did show a lot of potential, but just lacking that thing, that that thing, that thing, that thing. Yeah, you haven't got that thing, Enchi. We're moving on. <laughs> We're moving on to Castro Zizo, who really does have that thing. Valia <laughs> Ietis, <laughs> the dance of life. Eastern European rock. It had to be in this. It had to be. There's always, every season, there's there's a few of these <laughs> knocking about, uh, especially Albania, I think. Gruff voice, tats, and long hair. It was, you know, but his voice, his voice is exceptional, actually. <laughs> um, there's something of the look going on here. Yes. He's wearing sort of a billowing open shirt with flowing sleeves. Kind of leather waistcoat, but with a kind of sort of die-cut pattern. It's not just a regular waistcoat chain. Um, and he's wearing it with a floor-length purple velveteen skirt. Yeah. Um, it looks a bit incongruous, sort of bloke with straggly hair and a beard. Um, when I look at him, I'm, I have in mind the fact that recently, since Eurovision... Somebody in the UK has put themselves forward and said they want to write a Eurovision song next year. And it's the comedian Bill Bailey. And I'm looking at Castro and I'm thinking, mate, you're too late. You've already had a go at it in Albania. (laughs) This is kind of what Bill Bailey would look like on stage. Maybe not in a velveteen skirt, but, you know, I think... Yeah, Bill Bailey might be doing a little bit more on stage because, to, to be honest, Castro doesn't do... Much. He doesn't um, do very much. He stands there. It's tr- he, if it wasn't for the fact that he was wearing a skirt, and I'm probably doing a bit of a disservice here because it may be some kind of traditional Albanian dress, and I'm just riding a on rough it. shot over <laughs> it. But if it, you know, it, it, uh, despite the fact that he's wearing a, a, a skirt, there's nothing else about this that says metrosexual. <laughs> No. At some point, it kind of like raises his arms. It's like Eurovision in the 50s. Like, it, it took us to get to like 1962 before anybody raised their arms above their shoulder. Like, it's like, it's like, he just, yeah, just, it's me, Castro Zizu. That's it. That's kind of all you kind of get. I will say though, he, 
he does it's a bit repetitive but i do like some of the rap elements to the vocal actually i i quite like that um and the the traditional orchestration i actually quite like about this but um yeah it's it's a bit weird there's a, there's an instrumental where he just stands and stares and i think it's like a karaoke where you pick a song and you get up and you start singing and then you suddenly realize jeez there's a two minute instrumental in this song I've just realised and you stand there and everyone's staring at you and it's awkward and you're looking at them and looking at you it's a bit it was a bit like that that happened in Turkvision this year there was a yes. bloke who had no stage presence no charisma and a really long instrumental break and he just stood looking at the camera and it was all shot in a single shot anyway so it was a really awkward moment of television uh, you say this is repetitive it really is because the chorus is literally the title the dance of life repeated again and again and again for mm. about eight bars nothing much does happen he doesn't seem very happy he seems quite grumpy uh, and angry throughout the whole song but the only moment that's you know where there is a stage action is halfway through the second chorus he kind of unhitches the skirt in a bucks fizz moment but rather than whipping it off he just kind of sort of casually takes it off and dumps it beside him on the stage <laughs> Like he's just got home after a night out and just <laughs> time to undress. <laughs> it's just, it is very strange. I mean, uh, there may be some significance to it, and I really don't know what it is. <laughs> if anyone's yeah. listening who, you know, wants to write in, we'll give you the details at the end of the, the show. Um, do let us know. So song number five is Rasala Gilbegu Vasheso. I do like a bold shoulder on my songstresses. What about you? Oh, yes. And she's got very bold shoulders, hasn't she? She's got these <laughs> enormous, great puffball shoulders on her, on her outfit. Um, it's called Vashir's, which translates as girl. Or I found another translation of it. Uh, it's obviously implying a more colloquial form of girl. And it, it translated it as lassie. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, lassie? <laughs> It takes a bit to get going, but it does kick into quite a nice little song in the end. I quite like the sort of the chorus. It's a bit more kind of traditional influenced um, in the chorus. There's a couple of dancers who come on in traditional outfits in the middle. They bang a drum. They go off. They come on again. Um, so it's bringing in that kind of elements of a folk song, but zhuzhing it up a little bit. And it's kind it, of electric traditional. They kind of took traditional elements and then made them electric, electronic more yeah yeah and the, the, the traditional is there in the lyrics as well because it's uh, it's talking um, in the song she's kind of beseeching a girl to give in to a boy who's kind of like she's going, he's trying to woo you you know you know you're going to end up married to him in the end so you know just you just get on with it so you know we're continuing that great tradition of pressurising young women into matches that they don't really want <laughs> god <laughs> Oh, yes, of course. But I, I, I do think the um, that I love that this little uh, sample, which um, if you go back and listen to it again, you'll you'll hear it. It's like a like a hey or a yeah, like a hey hey, hey 
and it's like if anyone remembers the um here comes the hot stepper from the 90s here comes the hot stepper murder no okay i'm looking with a blank face you... here. for the purposes of the audio <laughs> i'm looking blankly at that th- certainly people in the uk would know this it was a huge hit in the in the 90s and it was like a there's like an echoey hey 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 and it's started to creep back into modern day music i've heard it in a few songs and he samples it in this as well um yeah it's, it's a nice fusion of stuff going on here but it's not grabby there's not it's hard to vote for this Yes. Now, we just want to mention one more song as well. Not because it's a particularly good song, but this is the song that came second. And I am struggling to understand why this came second. You know, what on earth was going on with that seven-person jury to select this? It's a bit of a nothing song. It's called Kammetabe um, Kite, I Have to Go With You, by Sardi Strugai. And I want to just mention it because it is quite the bizarre performance <laughs> Sardi is stood on top of a cage and there's a woman entrapped within it with four male dancers who are looking a bit menacing I found the tune a bit mournful if I'm honest um, but the performance elements um, as the song goes on she escapes the box um, she escapes the cage and um, she she does a forward roll <laughs> she does it's like a it's like primary school PE. Well, I'm not sure that's the most effective way of evading your captor. You know, <laughs> or just do a forward roll on the way, try to run away. And then she flounces around a bit and they kind of hoist her aloft. And she looks a bit distressed. And I know she's acting a role. Um, I, I couldn't find the lyrics for this. I couldn't find the lyrics in Albanian to put through a translation or translated. So I have no idea what's going on. I hope that the lyrics are telling a more positive tale and the optics that we're going on stage would suggest. Mm. Really wasn't a good luck to trap a woman and then put four menacing brutes around her. It, I, what is going on? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was great. It did come second though, you know? And I think, I think he's quite a big name. Or I think, oh my God, I really did not research this. This is actually literally off the top of my head. I think he did something like Matt, it. Matt, why don't you make something up on the spot? <laughs> Let the me podcast. make something up. He went to the moon in 2008. No, <laughs> I, I think he came from an X Factor type TV show. I could, I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm misremembering that. I think he's a known name, basically. Something must explain the popularity as to why people were, you know, looking out for him. Because even, even professional judges, if they know somebody, you're going to, you know, you're going to pay more attention to somebody that you know. Yeah. Maybe a, you know, a local star or but this Johnny come lately on a talent show. Yeah, yeah. This does bring me on to a point, though, I want to make about general Albanian music, because when um, you hear a lot of people, a lot of commentary and podcasts and people saying that, oh, it's got that ethnic sound, mm-hmm. <laughs> when songs have an ethnic sound, which is a bit of a broad stroke about what is going on. I just want to break down what I have sort of discovered about Albanian music and where, where I think that this sort of sound comes from because you've with with a lot of the we will talk about this drama you get in Albanian music we get it every year at Festival of Kingis it is there's always a dramatic or many dramatic songs um, often sung by a woman I think they've got a long history in epic poetry and bringing that into their music and long music tradition and also um, uh, isopolyphony which is like chanty harmonies and I think it comes from like the hills in Albania and stuff like that. And then what they've done is they've kind of merged it over time into like their modern day music, which is why you then get this sound that people often think is 
ethnic, but actually, so this song here, so um, Sadi's song is actually, you hear it right at the start, like, mm, like really like, mm, that kind of chanty bit, that's isopolyphony. It's like rampant in Albanian music. I thought I'd just share that. Thank you very much. <laughs> I've got nothing to add to that. <laughs> thank you for the lesson about Albanian music. Yeah, there you go. Who knew? So they are Albanian songs. Which one of those is going to be selected to get a second bite of the cherry? Find out after this. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. That's right, it is back, because we're back. This is back, our little segment. Matta Monty's good thing of the week, that is good. Ooh, that's good it is. Uh, so, that is good. Oh, that is good. Yeah, I can't even remember it now. Uh, so we have, each week, we're going to just bring to you something positive, something happy, something that will make you smile and just kind of, yeah, combat some of the stuff that you see online, which is a bit meh make you feel bad so Monty first day back at school yeah um, there's been lots going on obviously we had Eurovision but there was also a lot more going on in terms of Oscars and Oscar nominations tell us about it yes that's right Eurovision almost won an Oscar not any song from Eurovision but a song from Eurovision the movie and we mentioned this in the podcast in the last season if you're new Go back and listen. But we loved the movie. It was feel good. And we absolutely loved the song. That got bloody Oscar nominated. Husevik. And? And the performance at the Oscars was Molly Sandane singing it in the harbour of Husevik. And it was so cute. Yeah. If you haven't seen the Eurovision movie, and I don't know why you'd be listening to this very niche podcast, and you haven't, but if you haven't, do go and watch it. Watch it with a frame of mind that it's a bit of fun. That's all it is. But this song is the standout song of the... I mean, there's a couple of songs actually that are quite good. This is the standout song. And it completely deserves its Oscar nomination, you have to say. It deserved to win. I'm disappointed it didn't. Yeah. But still, the fact that it was celebrated in that way is just absolutely delightful. And that's why on our first day back... We're looking back at what we did in our holidays, and that's why Husevik being nominated for an Oscar is our Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So, let's find out which of those songs the Second Cherry team selected to give a second chance to. Now, Matt and I are the presenters of the podcast, but there are other people on the Second Cherry team uh, who've been there some since the start. We've got Russell Davies, we've got Jodie West, and we've got Mikhail Denis. And the five of us collectively are the ones who make the selection for which song should be the Second Cherry. So, who has the team chosen, Matt? Ererusi, Zara'im. Yay! Yay! The <laughs> big, stompy, happy, fierce, everything. Who knew we would pick the camp one? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I mean, this was a really interesting discussion it that we was. had. Because we were going around a little bit. We liked one song, you know, Maroud's name was mentioned. but then We liked Maroud, but liked the, performance the performance just wasn't as good as the performance of this. Yeah, and I just think all round, 
this is a great song to have as part of our second cherry song contest absolutely absolutely so and it has got a bit of fan favorite attached to this i think yeah if you're listening to this you probably already know the song and you like it so you're probably going to be happy with our selection Yay. <laughs> <laughs> So that is our first second cherry for our third podcast season for 2021. Woo! Yay! <laughs> so we would like to hear what you think. You can get in touch with us and we might read out your missives as we have done in the past. Um, and they amuse us no end. So please do get in touch. You can do it on the socials because we are very social. <laughs> you can contact us on Twitter at Second Cherry, on Instagram at Second underscore Cherry, and on Facebook at the Second Cherry Podcast. But you can also email us. And Matt, how do they email us? Hello at secondcherry.vision that's hello <laughs> at secondcherry.vision dot vision not dot com we've said that before now can I just say if you are listening I mean please anyone write in we really really we don't care what you say if you want to lord us with praise please do yes please do. <laughs> but any like either questions or any just comments about songs please email us or or, or contact us if any which way you can and we'll read it out we really want to get a bit of dialogue going and also if you are listening to this on podcast radio we really want to know because i'm really interested at how you found us through podcast radio that'd be really interesting so please write in yes asterisk in what matt said there we might read it out we're not going to guarantee you say oh. nasty things about us. Oh, yes. Within, within reason, guys. Within reason. <laughs> but no, we would love to hear from you. So there you go. Our first proper episode of the 2021 season. Albania and our second cherry is chosen. The season is begun. Yay! Just a final point I want to leave you all with. Our next episode is actually our 50th episode. Now, I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, and it's probably more of a big deal to me and Monty than it is to anyone else. <laughs> However, we just really want to celebrate that. So, um, I don't know how. We'll probably get more alcohol and more party poppers. But anyway, next week, in, to celebrate, we're going to have special guest, Jodie from the Second Cherry team, and the country, Monty, what, what, what national final, what country are we discussing? Forza Portugal. Ooh. Yes, we're going to Portugal next week. Jody, of course, is a lucifer, so he will be on uh, our special anniversary show talking about Portugal. We look forward to seeing you next week. See you Take later. Care. Bye. Bye.